Shalom! You're listening to the Immunity Podcast with me, Rabbi Yoni. Let's inspire your neshama to grow. This week, we're going back to look at two aspects of Amuna. As we enter the parasha, we see an interesting dialogue between Moshe Rabbeinu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In last week's episode, Hashem tells Moshe he will redeem Kal Yisrael from Mitzrayim. Moshe is to go to Paro. Moshe objects with several reasons and gets shut down. Hashem warns that Paro will not listen, and that Hashem is going to harden Paro's heart. It would seem that the matter is clear and set. Fast forward to where we're holding, and Moshe seems surprised that Paro said no and made the work harder. The Mepharshim argue on what's going on here, but the simple reading of the text is enough for our purposes. Moshe lodged a complaint that Hashem didn't deliver the Jewish people. Wait a second. Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest prophet to have ever lived, had an issue that things played out the way Hashem said they would. Let's do a replay. Hashem said, go to Paro. Hashem said he wouldn't listen. Paro wouldn't listen. Hashem said that Paro would make it harder for the Jews. Moshe went to Paro. Paro didn't listen. Paro made it harder for the Jews. So what's the hang-up? The Midrash has Machlokas on it, and many opinions are brought to try to resolve this seemingly defective attribute in how Moshe is presented. Moshe seems, at this moment, to lack a basic building block of Amuna. I'd like to present a different perspective. We know that the Avos are archetypes for the Jewish people. Avraham for his Chesed, Yitzchak for his Gevura, and Yaakov for his Amuna. Keep this part in mind since we're going to go back to it near the end. Moshe is an archetype for us as well. Every tzaddik we come across in Torah has lessons to teach us, not just about how to relate to Hashem, but how to relate to others and how to relate to ourselves. I'd like to suggest, perhaps the text is clear here and it's not a machlokas. I'd like to suggest that perhaps Hashem gave Moshe a stumbling old words to teach generations to come, but then when it comes to Amuna, we can all stumble. It's okay. It doesn't mean we fall down the ladder. We can recover. Moshe went on from this small incident to give us a Pesach to remember. So too, we can overcome small obstacles or hiccups in our practice of Amuna and become the greatest we were meant to be. After all, to quote Reb Zusha, Zusha wasn't afraid Hashem would judge him for not being like Avraham. Yitzchak, Yaakov, or Moshe. Zusha was afraid Hashem would judge him for not being the best Zusha that Zusha could be. We all have infinite potential. Muna is a necessary part of the journey of Yiddishkeit. In order for us to grow, we need to build. But how do we build a Muna? Rabbi Ben-Sian Tversky once commented that he was personally bothered by all the books on Amuna. Amuna isn't a mind condition, it's a heart condition. Books are a mental workout, not a heart workout. I like to challenge this notion. I have no doubt many books fall into this category, but Bavavi Mishkanevna discusses the issue and how to overcome it. The mind can influence the heart. It's the fake it until you make it notion. Psychologically, the subconscious is a servomotor mechanism. So what is that? It's a secret weapon of the Eight Sahara. We can actually use this as a superpower for incredible growth instead. Our inner Nashama is pure and holy. As a result, it can't cooperate with falsehood. 
when we say something about ourselves, the subconscious works behind the scenes to ensure that it's a truth, at least to ourselves. So when someone engages in negative self-talk, the subconscious goes to work to ensure we believe it about ourselves. That's why it's so dangerous, and possibly us, to ever say something negative about ourselves, and that is likely a mitzvah to say good things about ourselves. And that's the trick. When we learn about Amuna on basic principles and do Chazar regularly, then our subconscious takes it to heart, and it becomes a heart condition for us, rooted in our neshama. A few weeks ago, we talked about Yaakov showing us the level we can aspire to with Amuna, where we fully rely on God to pave a path for us. This week, Moshe showed us we can fumble in Amuna and recover quite spectacularly. Our recovery, however, is predicated on our work in the area of Amuna and the strength that we've built on the subject. Therefore, it's imperative that we engage and learn and grow in Amuna every day. At times, though, it can feel like this isn't enough or isn't working. Trust me, it is working, but we don't feel it all the time, and that's when there's tremendous real growth. There's a concept the Midrash brings us that can help enlighten us. Hasidim are known for this approach, but it's available to everyone, no matter the minhag. And the merit of the tzaddik. Davening out a kever, yard sites, clinging to the tzaddik, receiving brachos from gadolim. These are all widely accepted practices and great examples. Our parshias teach us this valuable lesson. Why were B'nai Yisrael saved? They were on the 49th level of Tuma. So, why be saved? The Mepharshim say it wasn't their own merit. Even Moshe Rabbeinu confirmed the matter when he was sentenced to death as a result of Lashon Hara. So why? Hashem made an oath to the Avos. Claw Yisrael had to be saved. Why the show? Signs and wonders, miracles, protection from the Machos. All in the merit of the Tzadik. From impossible to possible. Inconceivable to conceivable. Unbelievable. To believable. The Midrash Rabbah in Vayera 8.1 says, it's chapter 8, 7, 1. Solomon uttered this verse when he, when he brought the ark into the Holy of Holies. He made an ark of Tanamos. When it reached the doorway of the Holy Temple, the door was Tanamos, and the ark was Tanamos, and Tanamos could not enter into Tanamos. Shlomo Hamelech had an issue. He built an ark the same width as a doorway. When he brought the ark to the temple, he couldn't get it in. The Midrash records that he didn't know what to do. He prayed, and Hashem didn't grant his request. He obviously had a Muna, but his merits were not enough. When his prayers were insufficient, he brought forth his father's coffin, David HaMelech, and said, according to 2 Chronicles 6.42, Hashem God, do not turn away from the face of your anointed one. The Midrash records that David HaMelech came to life and uttered Tehillim Lama, Tehillim 30, and it says in the beginning, a psalm, a song for the inauguration of the temple by David. The temple was not built until after he passed. In the Tehillim, David says, Hashem, you have raised up my soul from the lower world. You have revived me from my descent into the pit. Verse 4. The Midrash then records, And Solomon said, Rabbanu Shalom, master of the world, do it in this one's merits. Solomon's prayer was immediately answered. And the merits of the Tzadik, Shalom Mohammed Tefillah, was answered miraculously. 
Back in the late summer of 2021, I had the opportunity to visit the cover of the Ribnitzer Rebbe, who was known for Nisim regarding pregnancies and other life difficulties. It was my first time going to cover the Davin and the Merit of Tzadik. Both my wife and I were both unsure how to proceed, but we wrote Kvitlach and we Davin there. We Davin to be able to have another child, as it had been some time since our last child. We also Davin for one of my wife's co-workers who tried to have a child for years, even with in vitro fertilization, with absolutely no success. Within weeks of our return, we learned that both my wife and her colleague were pregnant around the same time after we davened by the Ribbon Center. Sometimes we don't have the merit built up. Other times we have Hishtatlas, our own work, to accomplish before Hashem brings the plan to fruition. The merit of the Tzadik can count toward our merits, can be the Hishtatlas, and can overturn a harsh decree. Sometimes our Amunah is full, but we don't see the resolution. That's when we turn to the Tzadikim, just as Shlomo HaMelech relied on his father, and Bnei Yisrael relied on the Abbas. In fact, we daven in the merit of the Tzadikim thrice daily, sometimes more. And when we daven in the merit of our Avos, our tefillahs are answered in their merit. The Or HaKhaim discusses the merit of the Avos in the Sidra. Avraham attached himself to Hashem before he knew the attributes of Hashem. Yitzchak was willing to sacrifice himself for Hashem. And Yaakov, no rejected children come from him. When we enter Shemona Esrei, the first bracha is the merit of the Avos. When we recite their names and that bracha, slowly and with kavana, this is what we're accomplishing. Avraham, may we merit to seek Hashem and build a deep relationship with him. Yitzchak, may we merit to have Mesiris Nefesh and serve Hashem with our lives. Yaakov, may we merit to raid Sadiqim and become Balei Habitakon. Let's recap. Sometimes we falter in our Muna, but we can recover with grace. It's essential to build our Muna muscle, which is why we have this podcast. Even when we lack merit, we can strengthen our Muna by turning to the merits of Sadiqim. Thank you for listening to the Moonity Podcast on Anchor by Spotify. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends. Have a question or a chiddush? I'd love to hear from you. Please email me or leave a voice message on the Anchor app. You can become a monthly supporter on anchor.fm or by visiting rabbiyoni.org slash donate. This podcast is a project of Yidbrick, Building Jewish Bridges. Learn more at rabbiyoni.org.